0: Let's do this. I think it's, you, you mentioned this before, it's kind of fun to enter in, in like mid-sentence. Okay. So we literally just did that.
1: <laughs> that happened. <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's begin with a little prayer. So in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this community, for Strict Jesuits, for our students, for all the people uh, involved in caring for our students, uh, their parents and faculty and staff. We ask that you bless all of us as we begin hybrid learning this week. Uh, help us to recognize the grace that is on offer to us today and help us to love one another, um, even with the uh, the distance between uh, ourselves. And we ask all this as we uh, ask for Mary's intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, women, and blessed is the, the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother of, God, Jesus. Holy Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now, now and at, at the hour, hour of, our of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. So I was walking through the dining hall uh, at lunch today, mm-hmm. and uh, I was struck by just how happy people seem on happy, uh, happy to see each other, right? So just happy to see each other, just to just to be back in uh-huh. like a, a sharing a physical space yeah. together, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, seeing those seniors just smiling at each other uh, was was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a different feel. I was saying to a couple of people already that. You know, we began hybrid yesterday, is that right? It feels yep. like
1: feels like yesterday.
0: <laughs> well, it literally was yesterday. Uh but that felt a lot like the first day of school. Yeah. Like okay, we had orientation on Friday, last Friday. Right. So lots of people were there, but like people are actually going to class in person now. Right. Uh as a new faculty member, like this is brand new for me. So that quite literally kind of is first day of school because I've been teaching on zoom. Okay. But like, it's
1: weird. Right. But now we've got like classrooms. (laughs) It's wild. Right. Yeah. Uh, Uh, and like, I I was just so impressed by my, by my freshmen and, uh, yeah, like just taking it all in and it all being new, but, um, yeah. Like, it's really strange. And so like taking attendance, uh, I told a couple of people this story already, but uh, when I was taking attendance at the start of my class, I went down the, the screen as mm-hmm. I typically do, like counting names on the screen. And I got to 13. and I was like, oh, no, I'm missing a ton of students. <laughs> and then I, I looked up, uh, you know, after delaying class a, a few minutes because I, I felt like no one was there. Um, I looked up and was like, oh, wait, no, I have eight others in front of me. Yeah. Uh, It's okay to begin now. Here they Uh, are. And here they are. So (laughs) uh, it's just an adjustment that um, we're kind of have been in a mode of doing things a certain way. And now, wait a minute, there's people in front of me. Yeah. Um, It's different. Uh,
0: Yeah. I had a weird situation and a weird little encounter with. um, So I've only had. So this week is seniors and and freshmen. Right. Uh, I don't teach any. Freshman, And I teach just a handful of seniors. And so I've only had, what, four students come in in person these last two days. Uh, And I feel a little bad about this, but at the same time, like, I'm not losing sleep over it because I think it's reasonable. Like, when when kids walk into my classroom, I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Because I've only, well, A, I've only seen them on Zoom. So, I mean, I've seen their faces. But when you're just looking at a screen, I mean, you know. You know, yeah. Like you kind of zone out when you're looking at screens, right? And like you don't pay attention. Like if somebody's standing in front of you, like there's facial recognition there. Right. Whereas if you're just watching, you know, a video conference with, you know, some rando, it's like, well, who who are you? Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm like, and I try to find like a good way to say, it, like, remind me of your, <laughs> remind me of your name. Right. It's like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's so. that's getting really used to. I've also been very surprised by how much taller or yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. Not, or not taller yeah, yeah. Uh, someone seems when I'm uh, kind of meeting them for the first time. Yeah. Like, and just I have no idea about that yeah. from a camera. Yeah. Um. So that's been new. And then like smiling or laughing, uh, you know, like just communication about like humor. I find uh, is just it's just different. Well, because when you mute mask, yourself, you know,
0: like if you're on Zoom, you hit mute. And you can't really listen to their, to way that, uh, students respond. Right. Um, and so you, if you tell a funny joke, you probably don't Crickets. tell a lot of jokes <laughs> on zoom, honestly, cause there's no feedback. Right. I mean, I do cause I'm awkward that way. Right. Yeah. I, I just laugh
1: <laughs> at the awkwardness. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the
0: uh, part. but yeah, it's so weird to your height thing though. I have that exact problem. Like as somebody that's normal size, <laughs> uh, I assume everybody on, like on TV is just giant. Yeah. And so I assume everybody that I talk to on a Zoom call is like, you know, seven feet tall. Right. And it's like, oh, no, actually you're a normal size. You're a normal
1: human being. Five foot six, normal size, right? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So that's been kind of yeah. I think just sort of expectations and reality, Mm -hmm. right? And and having having something that uh, I expect, and then have it somehow be different from from what I expect, and kind of having to adjust on the fly, yeah. um, And like you know, game time decisions, basically. Like that's what that's what we're doing right now. Yeah,
0: and these are only like the crazy thing to think about. These are only the first two days, right? Like we've only hit half of the freshman and senior class who are coming back to campus, right? exactly so like there's a ton of Thursday people. Friday is going to be right. a whole different group and then next
1: week it's, a, it's two other <laughs> yeah, entirely so, different groups so
0: we're only scratching the surface of right. like this transition phase yeah uh, so it's I think it's going to get weirder
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it's going to be it's going to be better for for the faculty and staff because we have already gone through this transition once and now we're going to be with new people and then new people again sure. and new people again sure. so like we have it kind of down but um, I think students are going to be dealing with this like expectation versus reality right mm-hmm. and that you know, maybe there maybe there's a spiritual point in all of this of like expecting something and wanting something, uh, wanting things to be back to normal, expecting things to be somewhat more like normal, um, and then coming up against the fact that, well, hey, this is still like <laughs> so really strange. I mean, like, um, there's plexiglass dividers, there's masks, there's social distancing, yep, all of this stuff there that it makes is. it strange. Uh, so like what do we what do we do? Like what's how do we address like expectations and reality? Or, oh, man. or like obstacles or, or yeah. feelings. Like if I'm feeling something that's not what I want to feel, do I follow that feeling and, and like not engage or, yeah. or don't put the effort in? Or do I allow that feeling to shape what I'm mm. doing? Like mm. what's the...
0: Man, yeah, that's such a good question. And, you know, it's, we're so tempted, I think, just on a daily basis to let, especially in pandemic, in the era of pandemic, right? like to let, you know, something like fear, for example just dictate every single thing that we do. Uh, and it happen- everybody's doing it. Like uh, nobody is being called out with me saying that. Sure. Like I do it, you do it, yeah. everybody does it. Okay. Okay. But what I'm really interested in and what I hope that we can address more often is not like, and I like to, t- to mention this in like spiritual conversation with people. Um, the question isn't if you're going to sin The question is, what do you do when you sin? So I think for for us as faculty, as teachers, as students, you know, the question isn't going to be, well, am I going to feel this or am I going to do the wrong thing? The answer is yes. (laughs) We're trying to figure this out and we're not doing it. I mean, we can't possibly do it well because we don't know everything that's going to be thrown at us in this next few weeks. Right. So I'm more interested in how flexible we can be with ourselves, with each other, with our teachers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and yeah, how we're going to approach, you know, when we've recognized, well, I just screwed up and that wasn't right. Or I'm just really frustrated with this. I can't, I can't handle zoom anymore. Like I can't look at a screen for one second longer. What do you do?
1: Right. Yeah. I think like, I think of the word resiliency mm. or that uh that willingness to to try again that I, I feel like i i'm one of these people that kind of struggles with kind of social awkwardness at times right and uh, and that i i uh, put a lot of uh weight sometimes on like social interactions and uh putting my best self forward right that um, being kind of introverted being a little shy um i can often really want people to to think that I'm as great as, as I want to be, even if I'm not, um, you know, that way all the time, mm-hmm. like that, that I have, a, I have a hope that I can really come across and really con- convey the, what I'm feeling or, or who I am, uh, authentically in an interaction. Right. And when it falls short of that, I can be discouraged of like, well, that was kind of a disappointment, right? Yeah. But the the question for me is: Am I willing to try again? Am I willing to go back out there and like, yeah, ask somebody like, how are you doing today? Like, how how are you feeling? Like, how are classes? What's going on? Right? Mm-hmm. And to keep to keep trying to like meet people and engage with people and keep trying. Um, Or, you know, if I if my lesson plan on on Monday didn't go very well because I made a disaster of attendance. Right. Is that that okay? Am I able to recognize, well, next time this is going to be different. It's going to be uh, I'll have that one time, that first time behind me. And so my lesson plan on on Thursday and my class on Thursday, Mm -hmm. hopefully I'll just be able to be more attentive to the material and to the people in front of me. And not forget that there's people in front of me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's maybe the the hope I have Mm -hmm. is to to try again and to recognize that there is another chance that we don't don't have to be perfect.
0: I like that. And, you know, one of the things that I struggle with a lot of the time, and I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Maybe you do. Maybe you can help me out here. Sure. When, like, where... (laughs) where's the, where's the distinction between, okay, you know, we say things like you live and you learn like, Oh, well I made a mistake. Now I know what not to do. Like, that's good. That's super helpful. That's how we learn really by failing. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. and I don't know that I even know how to as- ask this question properly. Uh, I'm still trying to formulate it. Um, But like, how can we bring this into, like, how can we bring this into the realm of Christian hope that starts with the cross, (laughs) like starts with our Lord dying on the cross? Right. Like, I'm, you know, I get, I get upset when my class goes poorly. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus died on the cross and yet we still have hope.
1: Right. Um, Yeah. I think there can be a real attachment to success. And to uh, success, particularly the way that I envision it, right? So, I mean, this is the the story of the crucifixion is that all these disciples um, had a vision for what the Messiah would look like, had a vision for what success would look like. And it wasn't this. It wasn't the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, wait a minute. uh, My Lord has been crucified. Um, My vision of what success looks like is over. Um, Everything I've thought and clung to uh, is now cast aside. Like, what do I do, right? And it's an experience of the loss of my own understanding of what... Uh, of who this person is, this this uh, this man, Jesus, uh, that I know and love, uh, like, what does it mean? And so I think a lot of it is like, how do we adjust in response to failure? Mm-hmm. How do I accept failure? How do I even enter into failure and like willingly choose to be present in the midst of failure? So... Um, you know that I, I might have an opportunity to just pull the plug and be like, all right, well, this isn't going to work this year. We're not going to do this at all. Cast it aside. This year is a loss, right? That's a that's a, a refusal of the possibility of failure. Yeah. Whereas acceptance of failure or the possibility of failure is to be willing to I'm going to keep trying this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm even going to keep trying it again, even if you know my lesson plan on on Thursday is another disaster, maybe a, a bigger one. Even uh, I'm going to keep trying because I'm entering into this this lively place where mm-hmm. um i'm risking failure because i love this school because i love this person um that you know when you enter into a romantic relationship right there's no assurance that it's all going to work out and everyone's going to be happy yeah. ever after right you're risking failure you're risking yeah uh, you know that people hurt each other right mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. um say things they don't mean right people uh yeah just fail to pay attention to one another in a, in a romantic relationship um Failure is a real option. It's, it's, I mean, uh, and so that's something that I think is true of all of our relationships and, uh, with parents or with children, uh, with students, with teachers, with, with whatever relationship we have, there's going to be a a possibility of failure that is just a reality. And I think the question for me is, um, does that prevent me from entering into it? Or, um, does it prevent me from taking a risk or, uh, am I willing to fail because Jesus failed on a certain level. Right. Um, and therefore it's okay for me to fail as well. Uh, recognizing that that's not the end, that there's something that comes after.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, I think the challenge for us, us as Christians, you know, Jesuits, priest, whatever, like at a fundamental level, well as Christian at the fundamental level, it's not even like preparing for failure it's not even like recognizing that that's going to happen and being okay with it in a sense. Cause I don't think we should be okay with failure. Sure. I think we have to begin there. Yeah. Like recognizing that. And that's, that's our salvation history, right? We are a fallen people right? in need and desperate need of salvation, of redemption.
1: Right. And, and to be okay with failure would be to fail to have hope. Right? Exactly. So yeah, exactly. That, that, exactly. That the, that the hopeful person Um, is willing to fail but sees that failure is not the end that there's something that comes after there's a second chance, that there's mercy that there's eternal life and so we push through the Mm failure knowing that well this is failure this can't possibly be what I'm made for because I'm made for glory Um, and so I have more to look forward to Um, so yeah so it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question that you're you're pointing (laughs) to for sure Um,
0: now okay so that's kind of like ethereal and we're getting into you know Some really, I mean, really cool. I love talking about this stuff, but like, I, I find that this is one of those easier said than done. Okay. Father, that's great, but I'm still scared out there. Uh (laughs) Like we're still, there's still COVID cases going on. Right.
1: Yeah. And fear is real. There's reason to be afraid. Right. And so it's, it's one thing if fear is just in my head and it's irrational and there's no reason. Right. It's another thing if like, well, there are real dangers involved mm-hmm. here. Um, and I, I live with other people and uh, and what I do affects other people. Um, yeah. Uh, how I how I you know, wear a mask when I'm at school and, 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 uh, and social distance and all this stuff. Right. It affects other people. Um, and I should be af- afraid in part just because I love them. I care for them. Um, uh, I care for all people, hopefully um and uh but also that you know that for myself there's probably also a, a level of kind of uh fear for myself as well that is valid um so yeah, so what do I do with that like valid concerns from a place of love hopefully um where do i where do I go with that fear mm-hmm.
0: i I often wonder if we're dealing with a situation where as St. Ignatius would say in the exercises like are we seeing the angel of darkness coming disguised as an angel of light? What do you mean by that? Well, because it seems like we are kind of what you were saying, like going into public spaces is dangerous. You know, I'm putting, we're all at risk, you know, everywhere we go, not just here or whatever. Um, so the safe thing is just to not do anything Right. to hide away. Yeah to turn inwards and to only be individual and, you know, only worry about me. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, then I'm helping everybody else. Right. Right. It's kind of this false humility there. Right. Like I can, I'm, I'm, I've been given permission to be uh, selfish in that sense that I can, uh, that I worry about myself. Um, Yeah. And I don't know that that's the gospel message.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think (laughs) to be
0: overly individualistic.
1: Yeah. So I think there's a, another distinction here, right. Of like, if I'm, um, if I'm staying away from other people because I love them, right. Then that's an actual, like very generous act on my, on my part. And if I'm, if I'm choosing to isolate or to quarantine or whatever else, because I really love these people around me, um, but if I find that that you know I really um, I'm walking down a hallway right and uh, and I have an opportunity to look other people in the, in the eye and to greet them and to ask them how they're doing maybe even to stop and like talk to them for a moment but because I'm wrapped up in my own little world and mm-hmm. wrapped up in my own fear and my own concern and anxiety um, and not for any like and not for any good reason but just because I'm kind of dominated by fear I fail to to kind of greet them I think there is like a there's a level of like maybe understandable, but like personal failure on some level in that action. Um, And that, yeah, like there is an invitation, I think, to come out of myself and to and to greet them and to to try to have like conversations and and engagement Mm -hmm. with people, even if with a mask and that there's a barrier there um, to like to to kind of go go beyond uh, what is typically expected of me because there are all these barriers to communion to yeah. communication, yeah. Um, that, that that means I have to do all the more and that all the more is demanded of me. Yeah.
0: You know, I wonder if there's, uh, there's a deeper trick of the evil spirit going on here. Like, I think we naturally kind of fall into these kind of two ways of looking at something. It's, and this is especially the case, like either, you're either uh, totally all in, you know, never going out, wearing a mask with gloves and, you know, the whole thing, um, totally safe or you're like a COVID denier or whatever, Mm -hmm. like it's zero or a hundred. There's no in between where it's like, how do we, how do we start developing these relationships that have been seriously lacking over the past many months safely? Like, is that possible? Well, yeah, I think so, but I'm going to be holding Back, you know, and you're going to be holding back because we're still so afraid. I think,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, and I think, I think, like, yeah. There's on some level, there's just reality, right? We can just look and see that this is a very dangerous virus. Uh, the people, even if they're not, even if it doesn't cause death, like it still is a very dangerous virus. Um, even for young people, it can be very dangerous, right? I mean, there's there's some level of just like facts. Masks are immensely helpful, and there's just that's just a fact, right? So there's a level of just like facts. I think about it. But on another level, it's a question of like, well, what is prudent, right? And do I need to Mm, uh, do I need to make take this risk in order to for for a good reason or or not? And how do I make that judgment? Um, And people might make different judgments about what risks are acceptable or not, right? And so, I mean, I I think that's a a very uh, maybe maybe a very difficult uh, thing to to say anything with with great conviction and clarity on. Yeah. Um, But there's definitely like a challenge I think that each of us have to take of like, well. there is now for better or worse, right. There is a sense of opening. Um, there is a sense of, of kind of coming back and, uh, like, what is my part in that? How can I Hmm. Hmm. kind of make some, um, effort to, uh, to be part of this in a, in a way and to show love and to, and to kind of grow, um, and to ask for help. I think in particular, can be a way that, um, I'm doing my part as if I'm not yeah. just relying on myself to get through this, but I'm actually yeah. inviting someone else into like my story, what I'm mm-hmm. feeling, because uh, like I think isolation, right, is a good thing. And if it's if, if I'm you know, in quarantine, it can be a good thing. But isolation is a terrible thing uh, for human relationships in general. Right. And so like if I have <laughs> a temptation to isolate, uh, like emotionally, yeah. or spiritually, yeah. um, that is not a good thing. And, and so I think that's kind of maybe the tension is that we have a physical level of, of isolation that is, is good, maybe necessary. And we have a spiritual or social level of isolation that is really not. Um, and like, how do, I, how do I adjudicate between those two things?
0: Yeah, well, I'm really struck by what you, what you just said. You know, you have to ask yourself, what's my role to play? What's my part to play is what you said. Mm-hmm. What's my part to play in this? Which... Is inherently communal because you're not doing the whole thing. You're you've got a a part, <laughs> right, to play in this whatever it is. You know, you've got a part to play in the hybrid model here at Strake Jesuit. You've got a part to play in our community. You know, everybody has a part to play in something. And I think one of the traps, one of the dangers, is th- is getting to the point where I don't think of myself as just being a part. Of something, like I have to be separate from. Like, my part to play right now may be to isolate. Mm-hmm. My part to play right now may be to go outside of my comfort zone a little bit and go to a hybrid class. Um, yeah, hmm. I have to think about that some more. I like that idea.
1: Right. And that, I mean, I loved how you say, like, I only have a part, right? And mm-hmm. that we are a community, and a community has, you know, many different roles within it. Uh, and so someone who's remote learning or, a, or remote teaching right now uh, has a very important part to play in this whole, this whole vision. Um, but it's going to be very different from the part that, uh, you know, the, the janitorial staff will play, right? Where they're on yeah, campus like yeah. every day cleaning for us, right? So, like, that, that's going to be a very different mm. uh, part. But they're, all, they're both essential um, to the work and to the yeah. community. Um, so yeah, I think I think that that'll just kind of be manifest to us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of what part sure, I have sure. uh, that things are going to be demanded of me. I have to turn this assignment in for this particular class at this particular time, right? Or I have to, you know, uh, drive my son or daughter to school at this particular time, right? So it's just these mm-hmm. roles and, and parts are kind of obvious, but the uh, like the devotion or the the spirit that I bring to them that's something that I think is really open to us to to kind of decide, and I can I can yeah. choose to you know, um, turn in that assignment kind Mm -hmm. of, with kind of a dour face and unhappily without, uh, without any generosity. And if I've done that, then I've sort of already suffered the punishment of my lack of generosity, right? I've already experienced sort of separation and anxiety and, um, a lack of joy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's the, that's the, the, the amazing thing about this is that it's very immediate. I think, of um, when I go out of my comfort zone and I try to do something generously and with, Uh, and with kindness, right, I'm immediately going to experience that as, oftentimes, I'm going to immediately experience that as, um, as like openness and growth and maybe even joy. Um, uh, And if I, if I choose to kind of isolate uh, spiritually and, and sort of just, you know, bitterly kind of count all the things that are being taken from me, um, I'm going to experience that as like sadness or sorrow, Um, and life is going to be more difficult for me in the moment. So I think there's like the immediacy of it can sometimes be, uh, helpful for us to recognize, like, this is a good thing for me to do because, um, I really immediately recognize that it's generous and helpful. Um, and that's what I want. I want to be generous and helpful, right? And I think all of us do.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've noticed with myself, you know, doing a lot of through prayer and a lot of I did my retreat recently. Um, I think I've been mourning. Uh, I've been in mourning recently, you know, because this whole year, you know, since whatever it was, February, um, like in my first year as a priest, I don't get to celebrate the Easter vigil. Right. I don't get to do the sacred triduum. I don't get to do, um, you know, so many different. Things that you expect to be able to do, like coming back to teach, you know, I've, I, okay. I taught three years in Dallas, but now my first year back is mostly in, on zoom. Like that's not what I wanted. Yeah. And I don't know that I can get that. And right. so I think that there's an interesting, and like I said, this is something that I've been praying with a lot recently, like there and I and I have so my mom passed away what five or so years ago now and this isn't the same level by sure. any means, um, but I'm noticing some of the similar tendencies and a lot of what you just said like there's a tendency to pull back, there's a tendency to be a little bit gun shy when you know what when I was a regent like yeah we we got school we got, I got to be there so let's let's go let's do it let's let's be as present as we can and now it's like well. I don't know
1: yeah i, I mean, first of all like just i think using that term mourning i think that shows a lot of courage and uh i think that's exactly right i think a lot of us uh maybe all of us are are kind of mourning um on different levels right and and maybe mourning is is kind of too strong in some cases but but i think it's it's just true or right? just lot, there's just grief there's a lot of grief, grief. Going i think on, a lot yeah. of us are grieving right of mm-hmm. uh you know that i think of the the senior class and um, or the, uh, freshman the freshman class, freshman class, right? Huh. Like all of us are, are grieving in different ways of things that we expected that we looked forward to mm-hmm. that now just quite, yeah, they're not quite there, right? And yeah. people, people are doing everything they can. I think yeah. like the generosity has been exceptional. And Absolutely. I think we are so much better than, than uh, if we just hadn't done anything, right? I think yeah. people are doing as much as they and can. And that's a testament to our community. And like. a, it really is. So it's, it's awesome, but there's still a level of like, well, this isn't, mm-hmm. right? We don't have our entire student body on campus, right? right? And there's just right. a loss there, right? That's just objectively a loss. Um, and uh, and so, like, what is that? Yeah, how do I, how do I carry grief? Um, and I think we've already talked about it a little bit of like, well, the options are bitterness, right? I can carry it with bitterness and uh, and sort of resenting the fact that this is my lot uh, and that I didn't want this, I didn't choose it, it was chosen for me, uh, and therefore I resent that this choice has been made for mm-hmm. me or that this, this has happened to me. Um, I could, I mean, another option, like we mentioned, was generosity. Um, In the face of things being taken from me, I give more. Um, It's like, all right, so uh, blessed are the cheerful givers. Um, So much has been taken from me. Lord, I give you even more. Mm, Because because maybe you're teaching me how to give uh, by taking away things that I don't want to give. You're showing me that um, choosing choosing to give them anyway uh, is is, uh, a, a mark of blessing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of the, that's kind of what, I mean, with religious life, this is the vows, right? Yeah. I choose to give away, uh, you know, my, my wealth. I choose to mm-hmm. give away my, my own will. I choose to give away, um, romantic relationships, uh, because I know that all of these things are, are for my good, but yeah. will eventually go away. Yeah. So now I choose yeah, to give yeah, them away yeah. early so that, um, so that I can enjoy the blessing that comes from from eventually having them taken from Mm -hmm. me, right?
0: Um, Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And you know, one of the things that I love about, uh, well, okay, I love a lot of things about Jesus. (laughs) God, okay, pretty dope. (laughs) Uh, But one of the things that I love, especially when you start to compare different uh, gospel accounts, like the different synoptics, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I love Luke so much, uh, the gospel of Luke, is because we see a Jesus who... You know, he's not the perfect God-man of John, mm-hmm. right? This kind of deity here on earth, walking and knowing everything. in uh, he, Luke, he's kind of like this middle-of-the-road kind of guy. Like, it's clear he knows, you know, the Transfiguration. All these wonderful stories are there. Um, but it's not like Mark, where it's like boom, boom, boom. Right. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I love about Luke is that he shows how possible it is to be who we were made to be like Jesus and Luke doesn't like the, the, okay, what am I trying to say? Okay. The, um, uh, the temptations in the, in the desert, mm-hmm. I love because it shows that it's reminding us of Genesis, first of all, which I also love, um, and the garden that the, the devil comes and tempts us with things that we already have. Okay. But Jesus shows us that in his humanity, it is possible to succeed where Adam and Eve failed um, to say no or to say yes, to open up to God, to say yes to God. Um, And I love that idea that we're not, Jesus isn't showing us how to be perfect. Well, he is. Uh, I think deeper than that, and hopefully this isn't heresy to say, but he's showing us simply that it's possible. And that our job is to recognize that it's possible to live this life of holiness and to, to want it, to seek it, to try to live it. And knowing that we're not going to do it perfectly. We can't, we're not God. Right. Um, But that it's possible. Like I I just found, I find so much comfort in that.
1: Yeah. And that it doesn't destroy us. Right. I think that maybe that's the key thing is that sometimes I think we, we have this opposition between what I can do and what God is asking of me. And it seems as though, what I, what I know I can do from my own experience, right, might be very limited because I might not have had a lot of success in combating this particular sin or vice or um, uh, that I might have failed a lot. And that shows me that what I can do based on my own experience might seem like very little. And what God is calling me to might be great. Mm-hmm. It is great, right? He's calling me to, to perfection, to be perfect. Um, but, like, how do I bridge that gap? Uh, and, like, how is that gap overcome Right, and I think Jesus shows us that it's through renunciation, it's through renouncing these temptations to, um, well, rely on myself, to rely yeah. on worldly goods, yeah. to rely on uh, the the help of uh, you know of, of a spirit that is opposed to God, um, that ultimately, um, yeah, union with Jesus Christ, who accepted suffering and who renounced himself for the good of others. Right, that is the path to overcoming. Um, this gap between what I can do and mm-hmm. what, what I what I've experienced so far in my life, um, uh, which might have been a lot of disappointment, and this life of glory that lies ahead of me, right? I think that's maybe the maybe the message of as far as I yeah. what what you were saying about the uh, the temptation. Yeah,
0: I mean, but this from what you're saying, like again, we're going back to the cross, and the beauty of the cross is that it doesn't end there, and so there's this hope that we're that we're looking for. Um, that we've been given. Okay. We've been given this hope right? Forget- <laughs> because of Jesus. Right. Uh, so how do you find it? Like, well, let me even take it even a further step back. Like, okay, we've been talking about some, some really heavy stuff. Like where do we see the hope in all of that?
1: Yeah. Um, I see hope just in the fact that, that people are, are showing up. Right. And, yeah. that, um, yeah. that people are, are trying. Right. And that, that, that takes a special, person just to to recognize this is required of me today and I'm not going to give up. Right. Like that's, that's actually a gift. That's, that's, that's a sign of hope. And whether you, whether you recognize it or not. Right. And I think a lot of us might struggle to recognize it. I I think I struggle to recognize it, that I have hope, but I'm acting, I'm acting out of hope of like, I'm continuing to do what is asked of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm doing it because I recognize that this is not ultimately all that there is right. That there's, there's a time where COVID isn't you know, um, taking the things I love from me, right? There's a time conceivably in the future that will be better, uh, probably hopefully, you know, in six months or whatever, however long it is. Right. But there's a time that I'm hoping for when things will be better. And so I recognize that this limitation, this feeling that I have right now doesn't define me or my hope. Hmm. Um, and so I can keep going. Yeah. And, um, I think that's just, just keep, keep going keep trying right that uh the if the emotions aren't there that doesn't d- determine how i act but that i am, am sort of renouncing my attachment to good emotions or desirable emotions and instead simply accept m- emotions as they come um and and act according to what i know which is that this will not last forever hmm. but, um i don't know
0: yeah no i like that i like that uh but that also, like, I struggle with that sometimes because it's like, okay, well, I need to just grip my teeth and bear through when times are tough.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that just showing up or just p- going through the motions, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's a controversial statement to make. I think, uh, like, just showing up, like, that's, like, sometimes that's what's most necessary. Uh, and that, yeah. that that fidelity to just, just showing up, right, just yeah. being present, that there's a grace of, of like, sharing, sharing. Uh, my presence with another person that God, I'm at least giving God the possibility of working in that. Yeah, Whereas if I, sure, if I choose to sure. just isolate and be my, myself emotionally or spiritually, um, and don't, uh, engage and don't show up, then, I'm, then there's really very little that God can work with to make something happen. Mm-hmm. But if I just show up, if I just go through the motions, um, I'm giving some material that God, the Holy Spirit can work yeah. with to bring something new, to give hope, uh, to encourage other people, uh, a well look like, Father Morganica, he's a he's a mess, but like he showed up today. <laughs> he's here, yeah. You know, yeah. so maybe there's something there. Maybe I should mm, show up today as mm. well, right? Um, <clears throat> I think that's maybe the.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it on one of our previous episodes, um, and I think I've, I have mentioned this to you. When I, I have gone on the record as saying, I think S- Star Wars has done some serious damage to our understanding of life and of the world okay why is that uh do you remember this i don't know uh yoda when he says do or do not
1: there is no try
0: yeah there is no try
1: yeah why is that uh, why is that wrong
0: well precisely for what you just said like sometimes trying is the best we got sure uh i think do or do not like it just again goes back to what i was saying earlier about is it zero or a hundred there's no in between right it's like I'm rarely at a hundred. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's God's reality, right? Is yeah. every yeah, thought yeah, yeah. that God thinks is immediately an action. And it yeah. immediately comes about that God thinks and it is, and yeah. there's no separation between the thought and the action. Uh, whereas for us, like we deliberate, right? Yeah. And that's and that's <laughs> yeah. like the glory of humanity yeah. Yeah. is that we deliver, deliberate and come to a decision. Um, and that, that decision can be better than what we uh-huh. thought it could be basically, right? That, that over the course of time, our decisions and our choices can be made better. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's exactly. The drama of human Boom. life and it can be made worse, but it can be made better. And that's that's like mm-hmm. the hope is that um, the deliberation, the growth, the change over time and changes obviously going to involve suffering. Uh, but over time, uh, we'll hopefully arrive at more of what the action that God in in that first instant, in that if you can speak of it as a first instant, in that in that moment when God thinks and it comes into being. Yeah. Hopefully our deliberation can come to a, come to about to have a similar yeah. sort of action yeah, yeah, as yeah. what God w- wills forever, eternally. Right? Yeah,
0: no, I like that. What do you mean, though, when you said uh, change involves suffering?
1: Yeah, so, I mean— You just can- kind
0: of glossed over that bomb you <laughs> dropped.
1: <laughs> yeah, the suffering bomb. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into, uh, yeah, uh. Um, yeah, the the problem of evil and suffering and all that, but but I mean it is a it is a problem, right? Of, Absolutely. Uh, that change is necessarily going to mean that something that I was mm-hmm. is no longer what it what it had been. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I change. The people around me change. Um, my circumstances change. And if I have any attach- attachment to anything within me, about myself, about the world around me, about mm-hmm. the people around me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to change, right? And that's good because if it's terrible, well, yeah. it's going to change. But yeah. if it's great, it's going to change. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and even if it's just okay, yeah. it, it might not always be as good as it, yeah. as it is now. And that, I think that's the experience of suffering.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I think that's going back to this question of mourning, of grieving. Like, are we recognizing that things have changed?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that things are changed and that it's okay for things to change. It's okay for yeah. senior year to not be like every senior year or like yeah. maybe what I imagine every senior year has right. been before. Right? I've maybe never been a senior before. Yeah. I have, but our <laughs> seniors have never been seniors before. Yeah. But they've heard about it, they've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have expectations based mm-hmm. on real experiences of other people. Um, and now it's not quite what they expected. It's not, or it's not real, maybe anywhere what, what, they, what they expected.
0: It's on a different planet
1: it's a different planet right but
0: um maybe venus there's life there now did you hear that
1: <laughs> there is yeah there's life on <laughs> venus apparently um maybe uh but but hey there's something new here right there's something new in this circumstance we might not say it's better yeah yeah but it's definitely new i think that's a good way to look at it too and uh and i can i can look back to what i wanted what i had um and there's a role in that, right, of recognizing, well, what did I love about this thing that is now no longer present to me, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a real – there's a grace in looking back and, and recognizing and grieving and um, and holding on to the good that I once had and hope that it will return or be given back to me more fully in the mm-hmm. future and in, in eternity yeah, or yeah. In, even, you know, in, in time to come. Um, but also to recognize, like, there's a gift now of, like, hybrid learning. Who would have ever thought that hybrid instruction yeah. is a gift, right? But yeah. it's, it's new, um, and there 's something there that I can I can, in the course of my day, choose to make hybrid learning the very best hybrid learning that anyone has ever thought of yeah. or ever imagined or even better right um, that this is new, and therefore i 'm free to choose to make it better yeah right? uh, and I think that's that 's a huge gift that, that yeah. i, I 'm not in touch with, but that I think if I have hope and if I recognize hmm. all of that we 're talking about, I think it 's true
0: yeah, this is not entirely on topic, but i I often wonder what kind of innovations in technology, this is going to force because we've kind of been in, I think, in like this uh, technological comfort zone, like things haven't really changed. Like there's, okay, there've been a lot of changes in technology throughout the years, recent years, but like the way that we use them hasn't really changed all that much. And now we're in this really different type of a setting, and I wonder if our old ways of doing things are going to continue to work, even when, you know, there's a vaccine or whatever, and we're allowed to come back.
1: Right. I, in think, I think. I think. I think. I think cha- things have changed. Like I used to. teach and that's with a, that's paper. An exciting... Tons of paper. Oh and I yeah. created Stacks of papers printed I it out. Hate paper <laughs> and right and i graded on paper all the time now i haven't i haven't done exactly. paper at all and i'm actually kind of maybe better for it because mm, mm-hmm. well, think of all the trees but also like that's a lot to carry around yeah. it's a lot to get you know disorganized it's a lot to just feel the weight of the paper of like well yeah. this is my grading whereas now quizzes grade themselves you know it's like <laughs> hey this is probably a better thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that was forced upon me i didn't choose it i still like paper in some ways Ugh, but you know what gross. maybe maybe this is growth that is required of me that is ultimately going yeah. to be better.
0: And there's an excitement there, I think, uh that we can see, okay, well, we're seeing new possibilities. You know, instead of just holding on to what was and what should have been, we look ahead to see what what can be, who we can become,
1: right? And I think like just look at, I mean, imagine if uh, you know, if I can survive COVID, great. I mean, that's that's really important got that's that's a blessing but if i can thrive in Hmm, covid yeah like what great glory i give to god if i thrive in the midst of affliction that's right right. and that i don't need (laughs) i don't need the perfect setup i don't need everything to be going my way in order to thrive right that i am uh so grateful to god and so much in touch with the things that are most important that i can even find a way to um to invite god to to help me to thrive to give me the grace to thrive Mm -hmm. In the midst of, you know, all of the things going on around me. Yeah. Like what great glory we could give to God if, if we can really live that out, you know? Yeah,
0: I love that. And in fact, that's uh, Saint Paul says that in Romans twelve twelve. I put this on my ordination card. Oh wow. Uh rejoice in hope. Endure I got that wrong already. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh endure in affliction, persevere in prayer, and rejoice in hope. Right. Rejoice, uh, yeah. Rejoice in hope. Having said, you know, gone through all of what we've gone through after we've en- literally endured this affliction. Yes. What are we called to do? Rejoice in hope. Right. Boom.
1: Rejoice. <laughs> I, yeah, I rejoice. Uh, yeah, just to, to be able to recognize that it's, that it's possible. That it's something that Paul recognized is possible. It's something that, um, this grace is eternal. It comes to us even here now in this, yeah. in this predicament. Uh, that we can have hope, yeah, and we can rejoice. You gotta
0: flower where you're planted. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna flower as best I can.
1: That's, that's the hope. So, very cool. Awesome. All right, we're done. I think so. Okay.
0: Amen. Amen.